Uh, let me qualify a couple of things. <clears throat> there is an existing congregation in Olive Branch called Victory Church, uh, which is not us. But we have, um, maybe Karen can give you a little more uh, specificity in that regard. Um, we, um, uh, I, my actual retirement date was the 19th of this month. Uh, I'd been on uh, disability since 2014, 15, since 2015 with late stage glaucoma. Um, and so with vision issues, um, I felt it was time for me to resign. So I did resign and had been on disability since then. And um, uh, now it's official. Um, <laughs> But, uh, well, yeah, well, thank you very much. Uh, but retirement for us is um, uh, not a typical kind of model, I think, that people uh, normally choose uh, because we knew and had known for some years that there was just more that God wanted of us. And so uh, God opened a door for us and uh, released us. Uh, to do what's been in our heart to do. And uh, the, real, um, the real boots on the ground is Karen. And uh, God has given her the unique ability with that maternal kind of spirit to uh, love in ways that I can't. Well, to love in ways that I'm trying to learn how to love um, and to care for folks uh, more Christ-like than any any person, any human I've ever known. Uh, we've we've been married 41 years, and uh, are just looking forward to the next 41. So uh, uh, it's been a it's a rich season in our lives. Um, and I don't know if you'll go into detail about gold. Okay. Uh, Karen has an uh, has an unofficial condition called tearophilia. She's a free crier. True, <laughs> true story. Which is a gift, and it's a blessing. Uh, but uh, we're, uh, we're honored to be a part of, of you guys. I love being with you guys uh, because the truth is we need each other. And without each other, we can be headed for trouble very quickly. So I just want to encourage the trust building to continue. Uh, and because in this broken world that we live in, uh, there is only one hope, and it is Christ alive. And so I just want to, to uh, give us an opportunity this morning to hear about what you're doing Amen. through what God's given us to do, uh, because we are a part of you. Thank and it's, you. Not, it's, not just a, it's not a monetary thing, because we feel your <clears throat> prayers, we feel your support, we feel your strength, we feel your encouragement. And that makes all the difference in the world. Because uh, each one of us are called to something. We just need to ask the Lord, Lord, what is it? Because the Lord will say, what about you? And so this morning, I'm, I'm, I just want to pray. And then uh, we're going to have an opportunity to uh, hear uh, some updates and some new things that have, have transpired the way the Lord is, is moving. Uh, in uh, uh, uncommon and unusual ways to us, but born out of his heart. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the way that you care for us. We know what we deserve, but you are gracious and merciful. 
Take us now, Lord, in the time that we share. Um, Lord, and I, I lift up Karen to you. I thank you that you come underneath her. You are around behind her. You are before her. And not only are you within her, Lord, uh, but, Lord, you desire to take this time and use it for your glory in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, honey. It's a privilege to be here. And, and like John said, I have felt teary. I I typically do a fast at the beginning of every year. And when I completed my fast this year, I was just, I found myself weeping a lot. And then the Asbury revival broke out. And I thought, aha, aha, my heart is just so tender um, for what the Lord is doing right now. And he is doing a new thing. And I, I just thank you all, each one of you, for being a part of what we are doing, um, for the provision in every way that God provides through you. Thank you so much. Um, the older we get, as John said, this is, this is so unusual, um, but it's like the older I get, the more Jesus I want. And I overheard someone talking about Jesus Revolution, the movie. Um, I took um, a number of the children and some of our coaches and staff to the, whatever they call it, last night, and we watched that. And really, I'm kind of a product of the Jesus Revolution. I was never a hippie, but in my heart, I was a hippie. Um, I, was in, I, I grew up in a very strict Lutheran family, and we were very, I was very religious. I, w I was in church, I went to a parochial school, I heard about Jesus, I memorized scripture, but it wasn't till I was in high school that I met Jesus, and there is a big difference. And at that point, my life began to change. And as you know, life has so many mountains and valleys and interruptions. And at this point in my life, the fact that the Jesus Revolution movie was released at this time, the fact that the Asbury revival broke out. And, you know, as I, as I looked at the pictures online of people waiting, how many of you like to wait? in lines. I despise lines. I mean, like, if I see a line, I probably will not wait. I will just move on. And I thought, how can anyone doubt that the Holy Spirit is doing this? I mean, the pain of getting there and not being able to park. And then you have to go, I mean, why would anyone do that? There's no hype, there's no show, it is just people thirsty and hungry for Jesus, for a real encounter with Jesus. And I'm not talking about an experiential thing where you walk away and you've got the miracle in your hand and you're like, wow, that was great. But I'm talking about life transformation. And, you know, as we work with children, over and over again, and I don't remember where I heard this, it's not original with me, but the phrase, we are not after behavior modification. 
We are after spiritual transformation. They can become good kids and they can do all the right things and say, I was one of those kids, but in my heart, I was a lost hippie. I, you know, we all need spiritual transformation. And transformation comes when we die. And the older I get, the more I realize how much my flesh has been very much alive. And I don't want it. I don't want to want what the world wants. I don't want to seek after the things the world seeks after. We have to look different. I have to be willing to die. We have three children at our home right now, still sleeping, hopefully they're getting up now, getting ready for school, but our home has just become an open shelter, if you will. And I say thank you, Lord. John and I have to seek out special places to have our conversations because there are ears there now. I mean, we're 66, and God is bringing children and young people into our home, not just for a meal and then you shut the door and you go, ah, but they're here and they stay, and it's beautiful. It's changing me, y'all. I'm the one who needed changing because I wasn't dead to myself. And I was running the other morning. My run is like my Mount of Olives, where I meet with the Lord, and I run every morning. And one morning this past week, I was running, and down Sandage, I saw this figure, and some of you may remember, last year, I was hit by a car when I was running because they were driving with a, a windshield that was covered over with ice. But so I, now I wear reflective gear and I'm careful. When I see a car coming, I jump up into the grass. But I saw this figure coming toward me. He was walking with the traffic and I was running on the same side of the road against the traffic. But I saw he was on crutches, he was in gray, he had a gray beanie on. I mean, he was really hard to see. And so as I'm running toward him, I'm thinking, Lord, that's not good. And when I got to him, I'm embarrassed to tell you what I said. I was just like, I wish I had a car. If I had a car, I would take you wherever it is you're trying to go. And he just kind of looked at me, and I thought, I mean, he really looked homeless. He had, I mean, his jeans were too small, and even as he was going along with the crutches, he'd go a few steps, and then he'd have to pull his pants up, and, and they were filthy, and, and so I said that, and he kind of looked at me, and I thought, I, he's having trouble talking, and he, he didn't say anything. So, you know, I just kind of smiled and I kept running. And, and as I got like to the next mailbox, maybe 25, 50 yards away, it was like I heard the Holy Spirit say, really? Is that the best you can do for this man? 
So I turned around and I ran back and I just said, look, I'm sorry, I, I live, you know, a mile, less than a mile down the road. Would you like to sit in the grass and I'll run home and get my car and I'll come back and I'll take you wherever it is you're trying to go. And, and he, he talked like this. He could, he could barely talk. And so he began telling me that he was just going up to the next street and he didn't want me to go get my car. So I said, okay, well at least let me walk you to the next street because then he could be on a sidewalk. So I said, I'll walk with you and you know, make sure that you're safe. I can flag cars or whatever. And then he told me he had walked all the way to Olive Branch from Memphis Union Mission downtown. And as we talked, I mean, he, he said he had been there three months. I asked him because I thought, okay, so he's heard about Jesus. So I asked him about it and he said, um, I got banned. I got kicked out. I got banned. And then he just kind of laughed and told me what he had done. And it was ugly and vile. But I thought to myself, he still hasn't met my Jesus. And that's what he needs more than a ride to the next destination. He needs to know who Jesus is. And so I, I said, do you know that you can be forgiven for that? Even though you can't go back to Memphis Union Mission. God is a God of do-overs. 70 times seven, you can come to Jesus and you can be forgiven. And he said, oh, I'm not doing drugs or drinking anymore. And I thought, isn't that just like us? We think it's a checklist. Well, I'm not doing this. I'm not doing that anymore, so I'm good. And I said, I'm not talking about your works. I'm not talking about what you're doing. I'm talking about Jesus who takes all our sin. I'm a sinner. You're a sinner. He takes all our sin and makes us new, a new start. And he still just, it went over his head. But in my heart, y'all, I was saying, thank you, Jesus for giving me the chance to sow your seed. I almost missed it. Do you hear me? Every single day, we have opportunities. And I think about the parable, the parable of the Good Samaritan. And I'm thinking, I was just like the Pharisee or the Levite. I was just going to go on because I had school that morning. I get my run in so that I can get back home because we've got children, and they're there, and we have to get ready. And I have th this litany of good, good reasons that I can't stop. And I just want to say to you, I can stop. It's a question of the heart. What's my priority? What am I listening for? Who am I listening to? Do I have this great plan and I know God's going to love it? 
Where am I surrendering my plans and saying, Lord, not my will, but thine be done. And I'm willing to go on an adventure with you if you call me off course. And I'll tell you, I just realized how much flesh I have every single day when I think I know what's needing to happen. And the Lord surprises me with something else. And I just want to be available. I don't want to want what the world wants. I don't. I don't want to do what the world does. And the scripture right now, we're doing the gospel alphabet with the kids. Um, and we have an educational center when COVID hit. I won't get into the whole story, but when COVID hit, and, and schools went virtual for that time in 2019, um, I heard of the children that were gonna be virtual, and I thought they are never gonna make it, because many of them were already being remediated. So I offered to open up our trailer and do the virtual school there. And what came after that is just, this wide open door again. We did not plan to have a home school at Candlelight. We didn't plan any of that. That was nowhere on, on the landscape of my mind, and God just did it. And I'll tell you, having these kids every single day pouring life into them is incredible. It's beyond anything I could have dared ask, and he has done it. And so we're doing the gospel alphabet. We have 19 children that we're helping to homeschool. And the scripture we're on, we're on the letter L. And we're doing Psalm 143, verse 8. Let me hear your loving kindness in the morning. Lord, I trust in you. Let me know the way in which I should walk. For to you, I lift up my soul. And that scripture this week has been going, that word here, let me hear, is let me give my undivided listening attention to you. <laughs> like, you've got to be ready to lay it down. That's, that's what I told the kids. I said, it matters. We have a million voices in our head all day long. And the kids, the media, Gaming, gaming, what an addiction is on our kids of gaming. Gaming, media, everything about a lost identity, the kids are looking for it. And they have a million voices shouting at them. And so we're talking this week about let me give my undivided listening attention to you. Let me know the way in which I should walk, for to you I lift up my life. And I'm just on fire again about saying yes to Jesus. Um, I think the hardest thing is laying down the will. And it's pretty insidious, you know, <laughs> because we want what we want, and we get in our little patterns, and it's hard when God asks us to do something radically different. 
But on December 21st, I had a phone call, and normally I don't answer when I don't recognize a number, but this day I answered, and it was a social worker, and she asked me if I knew this child, and I said yes. She said, we have him in juvenile custody, and we're wondering if you would be willing to take him. And so she explained the situation. John was in the office, and I went back, and I said, honey, are we willing? He said, absolutely. So the next day, the social worker came by and explained further the situation. And she explained that it was going to be a long-term thing. This child is um, probably not going to be reunited with his mother before he is legally of age. Are you willing? Yes. So we're standing there. He spends Christmas with us. And, you know, some children would be hardened by the things he has seen and experienced. But this child is a tender shoot, uber compliant, compliant to the point of being a codependent. And He's a delight. I taught him about not putting his drinks on directly on the wood, but using a coaster. So he has a drink, he carries a coaster around with him wherever he goes to be sure. <laughs> Sorry, to be sure that he doesn't leave a watermark anywhere. But we're standing, he loves to play games. We're standing at the kitchen. And I had another one of our children by another mother. Um, some of you have met Bree, but she is uh, just a remarkable, miraculous witness for what God can do when he takes hold of a heart. So she was there, and they were um, looking at playing Scrabble and the Scrabble board was out on our kitchen counter, and Cole was standing there, and um, we were just visiting, but he reaches in and he gets this little easel and he picks out some letters, and I'm facing him so I couldn't see what he was doing. And then I said, Cole, what did you put on there? It says, my story. Do you know we all have a need to know that our story matters. And this was so profound to me. And as John has already said, you know, my story personally is part of your story. You have influenced my life, and I thank you. And I pray that I influence your lives and that's, that's the beauty of God's story, is that he is weaving this tapestry of lives 
for our good, for his glory, for our good, for his glory, for our good, for his glory, and the shuttle flies through the threads, and it's all for his glory. And in Ezekiel 47, Ezekiel describes a scene. A man takes him to the door of the threshold of the temple, and water is flowing from under the threshold of the house toward the east. And the water was flowing down from under, from right, the right side of the house, from the south side of the altar. He brought me out by way of the north gate and led me around the outside of the outer gate by way of the gate that faces east. And behold, water was trickling from the south side. We began to see the water trickle when John and I started getting the sense that God was calling us to be the church more than we just go to church to be the church, and when we began to hear that word is when we started just visiting candlelight, and the trickle that was there began with a wagon uh, of books, and we would go pull the wagon around and stop at doorsteps and read a story to the children and then let them pick a book out to keep. That's how we began to just build relationships. And then the next little trickle was that I was working at West Clinic at the time, and one of my volunteers also volunteered at a food pantry. They were throwing out food because they couldn't give it all away after it was frozen. I said, don't throw it away. If you'll give it to me, I'll take it around. So then I had food to give out, books and food. Then he led me through the water, water reaching to the ankles. Pretty soon, um, we were praying for a space on site because I was driving a little bots, Datsun B210 and we'd open the hatchback and shove stuff in. And it was so small. And the proctors graciously heard that we needed something and they donated their fifth wheel um, RV to us. And we were able to get in to the trailer park. So we had a space, and we were doing after-school activities. Okay, so we're ankle-deep now. Again, he measured a 1,000 cubits, led me through the water, water reaching to the knees. Well, then we had um, VBS here, and, and we were the recipients of your generosity again, and we got a van a TMC van, a 15-passenger van. So we were able to transport kids and um, bring them here to worship. And we also then were able to buy a new trailer because we were outgrowing the RV. I mean, this is ankle to loins. And the Lord began to multiply and COVID hit when we bought that trailer. And so we were closed and I thought, oh, what terrible timing. But I had no clue that it was for the education of those kids, the space so that we could homeschool and help them on, on every front. 
then water reaching the loins, and it was a river. He measured a thousand cubits, and then it was a river I could not ford, for the water had risen, enough water to swim in, a water that could not be forded. And we are there. We are there. We bought another trailer last summer, so we now have two trailers on site. And during COVID, we stopped transporting because, for only one reason, because we knew we needed to bring the people in. And many of them feel displaced. They feel, they know, it's kind of like if you see the Jesus Revolution movie, they know they're different. And so that fear keeps them from being able to step into a, a, a church where they may feel like people don't understand them or wouldn't accept them. All of that is usually in our own headspace, but that's how the enemy operates. So we began just holding worship services and mostly it was just the kids coming. But now we have parents of the kids coming and we are seeing God opening hearts, and um, it's a very exciting time. I just wanna say personally, I believe the times, of course, everybody knows COVID changed things mightily on the landscape of, of the world in America, here, individually, COVID changed. That was the beginning of a shaking but there is so much more that's going on right now. Do you see it? Do you feel it? I've been, I've been so convicted about first love. Like in Revelation, they were doing everything right. The church at Ephesus was doing everything right. You're doing this, you're doing this, you're doing this. But I have this against you. You've less, left your first love. How do we know if we've left our first love? What are you passionate about? What are you willing to wait in line for? What are you willing to lay down your own desires for? When is the last time you sacrificed something you really wanted just because it makes you go to your happy place for something God was asking you to do? I just want to challenge you, first love, Light the fire, Lord. Let the wind blow over our souls and just blow away the chaff. Um, there is a song that I found um, by Jeremy Riddle. It says, full attention. It's called full attention. And it's really a prayer. May your voice be louder your voice be clearer than all the others, than all the others. May your face be dearer, your words be sweeter than all the others, than all the others in my life. Please keep my eyes fixed on you. Please root my heart so deep in you, keep me abiding, keep me abiding that I may bear fruit. May your presence be truer. May your presence be nearer than all the others. 
all the others. May your light burn brighter. May your love move deeper than all the others, than all the others in my life. That's my prayer. And I pray it would be your prayer too. This past week, I'm gonna close with this. We had a, um, sorry. We had an email from our uh, website and I get a lot of spam, but this said, you were the light that shined on me when I was a child. And, hang on, I copied it. This was the 90s when we were at Coldwater Church, John's first appointment. And there was a child in that neighborhood and we knew his parents were were lost, but he was about our son's age, and our, our sons are, you know, knocking at 40. So that's how, that's how old this, how long it's been since we have seen or heard. I don't, I, don't even, I don't even know how he found us, but he wrote this letter, and basically he said, when I was there with you that time, was a pinnacle for my spiritual growth. I suffered in an abusive home, but you and your family were the greatest gift God gave me. Steve Kirk and little Joanna, the same age as my sister Jeannie, and Joanna was two at that time, she's 30 now, were wonderful friends. And then he went on to describe different things and that he's now been married 18 years and he has two sons and they are walking with the Lord. You never know when you sow the seeds. Love as he loves. Give as he gives. He so loved that he gave his son. If he asks you to die, you're going to know it. You're going to know it, but it is going to bring the best fruit out of your life. I liked my nice, neat little house. I like order. I like clean. And I have to laugh at myself now. You know, that little room where now two people were sleeping in last night was my quiet space. I bought a little, I bought a sheep rug that I have on the floor in there, and that would be where I would go face down with the Lord. But now we have two children in there sleeping. Is that beautiful? That's what God does. He comes and makes everything new, and there is a move of the Spirit. Though the darkness deepens, the light is shining brighter. And we are that light. We are that light. You are that light. Would you pray with me?
Lord, we just ask you to make yourself known to us personally. Go deep with the blade of your love in the soil of our hearts, Lord. Break up the fallow ground. Pour out on us. You promise rivers in the desert, waters in the wilderness, Lord. Pour out living water on our dry, parched soil. If we've become sedated, comfortable, God, would you just stir our hearts again and fan to flame the gift of God in each and every one of us. May we be on the alert, on the alert with oil in our lamps that when the bridegroom comes, we will be ready. God, may we bear much fruit as we abide in you. By this, the Father is pleased that we bear much fruit. Thank you, Lord, that it's your joy It's your joy to give us the kingdom. It's your good pleasure. God, may your kingdom come and your will be done in each and every life and home here. May we be found faithful. Will you raise up an army, Lord? Will you come and change lives? May we have eyes to see and ears to hear and a heart to respond when you call us out. It's a stripping away, but it's also a filling up, oh God, and it is so beautiful, and we thank you for your love. I just, oh, I thank you for this group of men here, for Getwell Church. I pray over Jonathan and Hunter and all the pastors here, Lord, all those who minister, every Sunday school teacher, God, fill them, fill them. Your Holy Spirit, you said how much more will the Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? Fill us, Lord, day by day. And I thank you for the ministry, the work you've appointed for this body of believers here. And I thank you that you have given us the joy, the privilege of being part of it. Lord, do what only you can do. Bring it all together. You're the only one who can hold it all together. And I thank you for that. Oh, thank you that it's not up to us. Hallelujah, it is not up to us. Outcomes are not up to us. They are up to you. You just ask us to be faithful, to sow those seeds, and to bear much fruit. So do what only you can do, Lord. And you receive the praise, the honor, the glory forever and ever. Amen.